Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And here we are, oh my goodness, already in the month of April. And I have another special guest on the show today as I'm getting to talk to Carla Dykstra. Carla is a senior compensation analyst at Toshiba International. She's also the president of Wilco HR, and we're going to get to talk about that. And Carla, I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, I'm excited to have you today, and I, I've had you on my list to get you on the podcast ever since I've met you. You've been so impressive. Uh, so just kind of reflecting back, I think the first time we met is through Texas Sherm, and we recently attended, I guess I say recently, it was back in January, the Texas Sherm <laughs> meeting in Dallas. How'd you think that went? Oh, that was such a great time. That was so much fun. Um, I, I always love getting together with everyone, with all my colleagues there at Texas Sherm and um, and just meeting everyone in, in the state of Texas is wonderful. It's great. Yeah, it's, I tell people all the time, it's, it's like going back to like a class reunion. It just feels like just a close niche of, of friends that are all doing the same thing, working hard to elevate, you know, the HR profession. Hey, we're going to talk leadership today. We're going to talk volunteer leadership as well. But before we get started, I always like to ask my guests if they want to just share just a brief highlight of their organization. So for you, Toshiba, a lot of people may know the name, but just share kind of a brief highlight of your organization and how you serve your customers. Oh, great. Uh, thank you for asking. So I will say that most people will probably recognize uh, the name Toshiba. Um, they're thinking of the TVs, the laptops, and all of those things that go back, you know, that go a little bit way back. So Toshiba um, started, you know, they're headquartered in Japan. So um, they're Toshiba, Toshiba Group. And so the uh, Toshiba International Corporation is one of the groups under the parent company Toshiba. Um, based out of Japan. So we are located in, in Houston. And what we do at our business is we provide motors and engines. Um, so if you're thinking, you know, one of our biggest customers is um, Ford um, and there we do their hybrid motors. So that just kind of gives everyone an, an example of what we do there. It's great. I mean, I love working there. I've been there for just a year, just hit my year anniversary last year. Woo! congratulations that's fantastic thank you thank you um and so it has been uh it has it seems like i've been there forever when it says it's really been a year um but it is it's so much fun because they're such a family-oriented um organization and you know if you're looking at tenure for those individuals there i mean they are just like long tenured employees um you know we usually see them retire it's great to be part of that type of organization where they put true value in and knowing you as a person and making sure that you can succeed in your roles. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, when when I heard, heard the name Toshiba, I could not connect that with a motor uh, as you're talking about motors. And so I know there's some people that learn some things. And by the way, if you're listening right now, you need to get a pen and a journal out and start taking some notes here. This is going to be so good. Uh, but you said something that I want to just pause here on, because anytime someone uses the word, it's fun, it's family and value driven, that tells me you're with a mission driven organization like that's got to feel good, right? It does. One of the things that, you know, in communication from our um, from our our CEO and our president is that our, you know, he drives our values. You know, it's like, you know, do the right thing. Think of the impact, you know, create together. And, you know, it's one of those things that 
it's just constantly ingrained into uh, into all of our communications. And it's it's really how we go about being a great company. And, you know, that's important. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you always have like those, you know, those mission, your mission statement, your visions, everything just like posted up on the wall and nothing is ever communicated about it. Right. So, you know, this is like in all of our communications, even the communication that I just that, um, you know, put out recently um, for our, you know, annual salary uh, reviews. Um, it, those visions are ingrained in that message. So it's just one of those things that it's really great to know that, that they really stand behind that. Um, you know, some people probably think, wow, Japanese culture, what is that like? That's kind of different. But, you know, really, I mean, it's, it's not, it's like any other organization. Um, it's, you know, we, they really take to heart, um, you know, every single employee. I love all of that. And I, and I want to, I'm going to take a deeper dive into that here a little <laughs> bit later in the show, because I know you're doing a lot of communicating on the volunteer leader side. I want to get started here with the Carla Doxter story. I, I would love to hear how did you, you know, where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into leadership and, and now like leading compensation? Um, you know, I was born and raised in Riverside, California. So I'm a California here in Texas. And so take it as you will. But um, it's one of those things where um, I was the I'm the youngest of four um, in my family. And so I was the, the baby of the family, daddy's girl. And uh, will always be daddy's girl. And uh, so my uh, my I have two brothers and a sister. They're 12, 10 and eight years older than I am. So oh. I grew up almost like a single like a single, you know, like a what only child is mm -hmm. what they call it. My family is a military family. And so my dad retired from the uh, from the Air Force before I was born and then went to work for the state of California. So um, I was kind of, you know, coming after all of that, you know, uh, military travel and all those destination things. So I didn't get a chance to do that. Um, and so I uh, began working when I was 16 years old. I, I felt that, you know, I wanted to contribute, um, you know, to to the society. I wanted to make my own money. Um, my father is the type of person where uh, he was very much like, you know, make your make your life in the world um, and do good in the world. He had an eighth grade education. My mom had a high school education. Uh, so my my father didn't believe in um, in college, mostly because, you know, when he turned a certain age, um, he was pulled and he went to go work in the fields. He grew up in the in the time when racism was prevalent. And so, um, you know, my mother and father, they had very different experiences with racism back then. And so they were born in both born in Alabama. So, you know, that's what we call the deep south. Mm -hmm. And so my father always said, you know, do the best that you can always present yourself well and, you know, strive, strive for the best, strive for the, you know, for the, for the stars, um, you know, reach for the sky. And it was, um, you know, the, something that I just learned. So starting at 16, I was spoiled. I was the only one who got a, um, got a car <laughs> at 16 years old. So with that, I'm just like, okay, I want to go here and there. My dad says, you got to pay for gas. So I got a job. And so when I turned 18, I was, I worked at a deli shop and okay. it was, it's still one of the really great places to go, but just, uh, but just grinders, uh, for those, if you ever go to, you know, Riverside, California, go there, it's cool. Um, yummy food. And so, uh, when I turned 18 years old, the manager there actually made me a supervisor. So at 18 years old, I got keys to the store. I got the combination to the stays. Wow. Um, I was able to go to the bank and um, that's where it all kind of started, you know, learning how to write schedules 
And so I will always, you know, be grateful um, to Chris Jones um, for the opportunity that he gave me in putting that trust in, trust in me. You know, I went to college after I graduated from high school, went to Cal State San Bernardino. Um, I, I loved it. My major was political science. I had, I had this dream that I was going to be some type of big time attorney, right? As a little girl, you see these attorneys on TV, you're like, oh, that's going to be me. That's who I'm going to be. Well, it, it didn't happen. But over the course of uh, going to school, I uh, got to my senior year and that's what it became um, more difficult to get the courses I needed to finish my degree. Um, there was, you know, all the, the, you know, your capstones, all that was waitlisted. And so I began working full-time because I had nothing else to do. If I wasn't going to go to school um, full-time, um, then I needed to do something else. And so with me not going to school full-time, you know, because unavailability of courses, that meant my financial aid went away. Mm. And so um, started working full-time. I got a job um, working at Kmart and good old Kmart, the blue light special. <laughs> yes, I did. I remember Kmart. <laughs> right? <laughs> It was so great. Yes. And I, I love, you know, going around with the blue light, pushing the basket every once in a while. That that was great. <laughs> so, you know, through all of that, you know, life just happens. And unfortunately, um, I, I actually stepped away from, from college and did not finish my degree with just a couple of courses left. Mm. And um, I started working, you know, full time. And uh, I, you know, got into a role. Um, but back then when it was called personnel. <laughs> now you're dating yourself. And- <laughs> But it's true because, Mm. you know, uh, you know, HR has evolved so much since then. And so um, I was an administrative assistant because in personnel, you were an administrative assistant. You were not an HR assistant. Right. So I I started working and um, I worked at the, you know, I worked temp jobs because I never knew when I was going to be able to get my courses. I started working there and I, you know, fell in love with just working. I think I fell in love with the the money, the excitement of it all and, and going to an eight to five and dressing up every day and interacting with people. Mm. Um, and, you know, eventually it just became something I just, you know, decided to do, you know, decided to take on, you know, other different roles and went from a, a administrative, um, you know, assistant to like an office manager position. And, um, and that was everything HR. But again, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that an office manager was that. It was, you know, more on the operational side and it just kind of fell into my lap. And then, you know, things kind of happened and I decided to go into retail because, you know, obviously working at Kmart, you're familiar with retail and it's an mm-hmm. easy job to get. You can, you know, pretty much get those hours that you want to. Um, and then lo and behold, um, somehow I got this wonderful job working for for Pepsi and oh my gosh, it was the time of my life. I loved it. And so there um, I was in personal again until they became human resources. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little bit of everything. So I was, um, you know, a HR specialist then. And uh, so then I had an opportunity to um, to take on a role. They offered uh, me a safety coordinator position for about five or six years. Um, I worked um, in the in the safety role. But, you know, under that time, it was under it was still under HR. Um, it was great. I uh, took a position out uh, at Pepsi Bottling out in Torrance, California, and um, I was, you know, it was a it was a leadership role. But however, it was not given that title because back then titles weren't a thing. Right. Um, it's like you know, you do your job. Mm-hmm. And so I was in charge of a huge facility, um, everything safety from you know everything workers comp, preventing injuries. 
um, making sure that communication was all about working safely, um, you know, compliance, audits, all of those things that you, you know, that you have to do to keep a business running, a successful business running. Um, so from there, that's really how I got my start um, into HR. And this over time, I just went through um, different uh, different roles. The thing that probably has set me on my course I am today is being laid off of off your job. You know, you're thinking that, oh, wow, I've worked here for, you know, three or four years and I'm, I'm good, right? You know, what's this thing called tenure? What is that? You know, you're looking in the in your Webster's Dictionary, tenure. Oh, okay. And then you realize, oh, even though I have like four, four and a half years, almost five years, I'm still low on the tenure, on the tenure mm. pool. Mm. Um, and so, you know, back then it's like you, if you were, you know, the, the new person, you, you know, you were usually let go and laid off. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. And I was just, I was just like, you know, devastated, you know, you mm. work a job that you really love. Um, you work with people that you love. It, it was just, you know, a, a, a devastating thing. You know, I go on to another job and, um, you know, I was at that point a, a safety manager and I was pretty, I was known pretty well for being a safety manager. Um, you know, back then, you know, there weren't a lot of women um, who, who were in the safety field. It was a mm. male dominated field. And so I can recall just, you know, when we get together and they would send us to these conferences and, um, you know, there would be like maybe a handful of women, maybe yeah. 10 or less women, mm. you know, and we're sitting in this room and they're looking at us like, what do you know? And of course mm. I'm like this, you know, this little tiny person in there and all these <laughs> men and they're just like, what do you know? And it's like, are you even old enough to be here? Are you, are yeah. you here with someone? <laughs> yeah. It's like daycares down the street. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where, um, it just all kind of, you know, came together and, um, Probably back in 2006, 2000, between 2006, 2008 is when I make the, the switch full time um, into human resources. Mm -hmm. And um, so it just went, you know, from there, went to a journalist and moved up. I've been in uh, HR manager roles. That's, you know, I've, I've gone back to safety a couple of times, you know, after that. And so I ended up going and getting to compensation. It's uh, one of my weaknesses that I had in my HR career. And so I decided that at some point, um, I want to focus on that so I can learn a little bit more. Hmm. And so I, yes, yes. I'm, I'm in charge of my own learning still today. I'm in charge of everything that I learn. I need to be in charge of my destiny. Um, and uh, so when I, my husband, he retired from the Navy in 2017. Um, and we decided that, you know, we wanted to leave California and seek out um, another place that we could live someplace that we could, you know, live, I would say, you know, a decent life. And San Diego is very expensive to to live in. And we wanted to be able to, if we needed to just, you know, live off of my husband's, you know, retirement. And so we, you know, we flew here and uh, we visited several different cities here in uh, Williamson County and Austin and um, and we fell in love with Round Rock. And mm. before we left that weekend, it was a three day weekend before we left, we had bought a home. <laughs> <laughs> I love Went it. back. My husband was my husband wasn't even retired yet. Um, but our, our home was going to be built. And mm. so it was on that timeline where it was going to be um, you know, finished by time that he was going to retire. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we did. So here I am. I came here with no job. 
And so um, when I was here, I had been applying for jobs, searching for, you know, searching for jobs. And eventually I wound up at uh, Austin Community College and they had a compensation position um, that was open and available. So that's where I started my compensation, my full-time, you know, dedicated compensation role. So Mm -hmm. I did compensation here and there, but um, so now that is kind of like morphed into, you know, where I am here at Toshiba. It's a great story. I love that story. And if you are like taking notes right now, I want you to write down, I wrote down, make your life in the world. That's what you said your dad shared with you. And I, I'm just like that, like that is a quote that will stick with me forever. Um, and a shout out to your dad, um, a serving and, and your husband for serving, uh, we appreciate that. We're so thankful for that. What a journey you have been on. This is this is so great. I there's so much here. Uh, I, I want to start with uh, first and foremost. Uh, I by the way, I went to college for a year and then I I left, went and got married, had a family, and then came back. So I get that. Um, and, and at one time, you're like, you know, you said you dreamed to be an attorney. Like you envision yourself up there. You know, just like you see on the on the movie screen. I love that. Uh, but sometimes, you know, things don't quite work out. You're like, it's good to dream, but then you face reality. You're like, man, I got to get, I got to get moving here. But something you said uh, that really stuck with me and you made a comment that one of your best moments was when you got laid off. And many times I hear people talking about failure and how they all seem to relate that to this great moment. But when we, when we're going through failure, it's like the worst moment. Talk about that. Like, how did you get through that? Because I'm sure there's probably some listeners right now. They're like, I'm going through that right now. I'm struggling. How'd you, how'd you get through that? Because I feel like once we get through it, we can look back and go, oh, that, that was the greatest moment ever. But while we're going through that, it's tough, isn't it? It is tough. Being laid off uh, for the first time, you're just like, okay, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. But in over the course of my career, and, and I will preface this and, and say this, that over the course of my career, I have been laid off. I was counting last night five times. The first time you're just like, okay, you know, they give you your, you know, your, they pay you out this. And then, you know, from Pepsi, I was very, um, I was very lucky that, you know, they provided me with a severance, um, you know, and that was wonderful. So I'm just like, woohoo. You know, this is, this is great. It's vacation, <laughs> right? No more commuting. But then it happens again. Mm. And when it happens again, you're just like, am I a horrible employee? Mm. What am I doing? What am I doing wrong? It, and it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, you think that in an organization, they talk about, you know, their values and their mission statement, and they want to have the best employees. And so you work your butt off, right? Mm -hmm. You dedicate long hours, you dedicate Mm -hmm. all, you know, all your time. Sometimes you even sacrifice, you know, uh, you know, dinner with your family or outings Mm -hmm. or something like that, or, or vacation, because you are dedicated to your job. You're dedicated to, you know, and, and doing an excellent job. And then you get laid off. It's like a, it's a slap in the face. Yeah. And when it happens multiple times, you're just like, what, what did I, what did I do? And there's no feedback that they're going to give you. They're laying you off. And it's just like, you know, goodbye. You take it. And I'm very fortunate to have, you know, um, a great family that has 
you know, supported me. And, you know, I know that we'll probably talk about some, you know, mentors and stuff like that a little bit later on, but you realize that um, without that support group saying it's okay, it's just a bump in a road. Yeah. You can't lay down. You have bills to pay. You have to take it as, okay, what did I learn mm -hmm. from the past amount of time? And what am I going to do better the next time? It's very easy just to pull a blanket over your head and just, you know, sleep or just eat yourself to, you know, until you're miserable. Um, <clears throat> but if you want to be successful, you want to get back in there. You just got to jump right back in there. And yes, it does take time to find another job. Um, it, you know, and so that's why, you know, over the course of my career, I always went back to retail because mm. I always knew that I could do there. And I always took those times and I learned new skills. And, you know, nowadays you really just have to say, you know, I failed and it's okay. Mm. My mm. life is not going, my life is not perfect. There's no one that is perfect. We might like to think we are, but we're not perfect. So you have to take the things that come to you as it was meant to happen. And it was probably one of those things that happened to set you on a different path. And that's how I've looked at it. Um, and that's something that, you know, my brother, you know, my dad, when his wife would, they would tell me those things. It's okay. It's just, it's, you know what, pick yourself up and let's, let's get going. You have bills to pay. Cause I'm not paying your bills. <laughs> you get back in there. You got bills to pay. I love that. I, I want to tell you that I can relate to that. I, I didn't, I didn't get laid off, but I was, about, I was about to get laid off. I remember going through a time in my career where I, uh, I, I was, I knew I needed to make a change and I was at church and I heard a guy stand up and he was sharing a book that he had read and it was called, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And I realized at that time, I got to get out of the boat. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about, listen, you, you're knocked down. You just got to get up. You got to and surround yourself with people who will like blow that encouragement into you and inspire you and help you through the process. And I think you're just right on target. So it sounds like you've been surrounded by great people, which leads to mentors. I, I do like to talk about people that have helped us get to where they are. I, it seems to be a common thread when I interview high performers in the workplace. They all talk about people that help them get there. I would love for you to share, share a little bit about some people who have helped you get to where you are today. Maybe some things that, uh, were, you know, that really stuck with you. Um, great. And thank you so much for, you know, asking, um, you know, this question I would love to share. So, you know, first and foremost, um, what my mentors was my, was my dad. Um, I was yeah. daddy's girl. And, um, you know, again, I, I talked about how he had an eighth grade, you know, education. I still feel that he was very successful. Um, yeah. He was a staff sergeant in the, in the air force. Um, and then back in that timing, that was like one of the highest, you know, rankings that you can get. Um, you know, being a, uh, an African-American male, right. Um, back in the, you know, back in the day, 50s, 60s, you know, that, that time frame. And so my dad always, you know, um, he taught me a lot of things because of the things that he had to deal with when he was a child and growing up and getting to his path in, in leadership. Um, and so, you know, it's like always treat people, people like you want to be treated, right. The golden mm. rule. And, um, you know, that's still something that, you know, don't really say a lot, but I mean, I still believe in that. Um, and, you know, he's always take the higher role. He goes, you know, smile, you know, again, dress, dress well, you know, be there, be on time, all those good things. And I know that he always wanted a, wanted for me to have a, um, a great life. 
uh, even though I, that, you know, at this time I'm like, I said, there's a point where I was just like, gosh, am I, he's just like leading me down the wrong, the wrong path. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what I want. You know, he's telling me what to do. And of course I'm like, daddy's little girl, I'm going to follow it and do it. But, you know, I know that he wanted me to have a better life than he had for himself. Yeah. Um, and along with that was, you know, my brother, Robin, um, he's amazing. Even today, uh, you know, he has always been my biggest, um, you know, just my biggest supporter. He mm. is just an all a champion saying, yes, rah, rah, we can go, we can do this. To this day, he will send me, you know, little inspirational reels um, or, or little, you know, snippets that will get me, you know, motivated. I don't necessarily feel down or anything like that, but sometimes it's just right on the, on those days. He is, you know, has been successful in, in his career working for the state of California. He's now retired. Um, and then he uh, has a successful real estate business um, in his retirement years. But, you know, he's always saying, you know what? He goes, be ready to say yes. He sent me this really great clip mm. um, that says, you know, you always have to be ready to say yes. You never know when something is going to, you know, come your way. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be fearful of it. Just say yes, because you don't know what type of door that it's going to open up for you. And so um, growing up, he would always, um, the one thing that he used to say, and I know, and we laugh every single time that we hear it. And so sometimes, you know, my niece and I, which I'm very close with, um, we'll we'll text that age each other. And, you know, don't let the craps pull you back in the in the bucket. So, you know, <laughs> when you go and, and so it's just like, you gotta, you gotta climb out. And as you're climbing out, all what are the other craps doing? They're trying to pull you back down. And so sometimes you just have to set yourself apart. You have to do something different. You know, if you're conforming to, you know, what everyone else is doing, are you really going to be successful? Are you going to be, you know, are you going to be a leader? So that is something that is just kind of ingrained in us. I mean, mm. I know that as kids say that, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to you know, start telling my great nieces and nephews that <laughs> when they start getting older, but that is something that he has always said and uh, said to me and just. Um, he's always wanted me to, you know, have a really good life as well. I mean, obviously we know our background, we know where we came from and we're never going to forget where we come from. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, he has been one of my greatest mentors and still, you know, today um, I would just love to have some of the amazing achievements that he has had professionally. I, there's probably one mentor that stands out to me for every once in a while, I'll send her a message going, Oh, I, I left you too soon. Um, her name is Quinn Clifton. And mm. she is now the um, the vice president of human resources um, at Genuine Parts Company. And, you know, while I was uh, working under her, I worked for Genuine Parts Company and I was an HR manager over San Diego and Las Vegas. Um, I know that she spent a lot of time traveling with me. And so that was her way of developing me. Um, there are many times that, you know, she's had conversations about me saying, okay, the next time that you have this conversation, um, you should think about having it this way. Mm. And I, you know, and I was like, okay. Um, and we used to laugh, all the HR managers used to laugh saying that, you know, Queen would be the person that would be able to cuss you out, but not ever saying a cuss word <laughs> <laughs> because she had just had a way of just, you know, um, of, of teaching you and, you know, providing you constructive criticism. And it's sounding like she, it was the highest compliment that anyone could that. ever give you. I love that. But um, she, yes, but she was always one to encourage me. Um, you know, there are times I talked with her and she was just like, you know what, you're ready. She's like, you need to get your, um, your SHRM certification. She had hers and she was like, but no, she's like, you need to go. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a CP. She's like, no, no, no. 
she's like, you have enough knowledge that you can, that you can earn your SCP. So go and take that exam. Um, she has always been that person to just, you know, kind of uplift you, mm. um, you know, and just kind of guide you throughout your path and was not, I appreciate her so much because there are times that I was very discouraged again, being, you know, when you work for a junior parts company, um, and you know, all the stores are Napa auto parts. So when you go into, again, another male dominated, um, mm -hmm. you know, field, you know, it can be intimidating sometimes, yeah. but she was just like, nope, she'd go right there arm in arm with me. And she would just push me forward. And she is just, and she was an amazing mentor. And yeah. so when I left, um, genuine parts company, um, I, I was like, thank you. Uh, probably a year later, I called her and said, I left you way too soon. I still have something <laughs> to learn. And I, I remember her just this laughing and saying, you still, she's like, it's okay. And I know that if today, if I really needed her, that she's, she's just a phone call away. I know yeah. how to get in touch with her. Um, yeah. you know, but it, it's, it's great. I love that. You need to send her that in a frame. I left you way too soon. That's fantastic. I read a, um, I read a, I don't know, it was a quote uh, not too long ago. And it said, good mentors hope you will get through it. And great mentors know you'll get through it. So it sounds like to me, she was a great mentor. I love that. You know, Corrine, when you said that, uh, she can say something and it feels like she just gushed you out. It reminded me of my mom. She always talks about how, you know, you can tell somebody off, but if you'll put a little bit of sugar on it, they'll enjoy the trip. <laughs> so she has that. Uh, so I could relate to that. And, and I love it when you bring family into mentors and because I've had some great mentors, uh, people in my family that have been great mentors for me and continue to be great mentors. And it's like, you have that, you know, you have that togetherness, you know, uh, each other so well and to have people inside your family encouraging you and I love how your brother sends you videos and uh, this oh this is just good stuff I love that I appreciate <laughs> you sharing that I know the people listening will will appreciate that too hey I, I, I do like to ask you know here you are like you, you've been on this long journey. I mean, you were walking around with Kmart with a blue light special. I mean, <laughs> at one time in your career and, and in safety. And today you took this role in compensation. I always like to ask the question around purpose. You know, I, I wrote Find Your Lane and I always talk about finding your lane, which is finding your calling. Was there a moment in your career or, or do you feel like you found your lane? I do feel like I found my lane. I mean, it's you know, I've, I've done everything. I mean, I feel like I've done everything. I've worked in many industries, you know, everything from manufacturing, retail, you know, grocery. I mean, I've, I've, I feel like I've, I've done it all. But when it comes to compensation, yeah. um, compensation is one of those things that most employees really do not understand how they are paid. And it's, it's like their benefits. They really don't understand what all other benefits entail, what a deductible means. And so compensation is the same way. They don't understand, many employees do not understand that when we talk about total compensation, that it's your vacation time that you have. It's all the other, you know, the bonuses. That's part of total compensation. Um, they're thinking, you know, just, just what's in my pocket. What did I, you know, what did I take home? What did I net? you know, that's their compensation. And we look at it very differently. Um, so I have 
being in compensation, um, one of the reasons why I love it is because I'm able to help people. I'm able to communicate with them, make them feel better about, you know, where they work, how they're paid, um, where they can go and, you know, and just, you know, have them understand. So it's building rapport with them. Um, that has just been, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, and when they come to you and directly and they ask you, you know, can you please tell me, you know, how can I get to the next level? How can I, you know, how can I make more money? Um, you know, having those conversations with employees, you know that you are having some type of influence in their life. It's one of those things where, um, you know, just in compensation, they get to do so much. I have to know all the laws, yeah. you know, that, you know, that are in, I have to know, you know, immigration laws. I have to know everything about HR. So you, if you're thinking about your business partner, you're thinking about your, your VP, your managers, you know, all those people who have to have subject matter, um, matter expertise in a certain area, that's mine. I have to know compensation. I have to know how everything, you know, affects that when it comes to, um, you know, inclusion and equity. I have to understand that. I have to look at, you know, um, gender pay gaps. Um, I have to look at all of that. And I have to know and be on top of that and know my game. Um, my responsibilities that I have, you know, especially here at Toshiba, and it was very much so when I was at Austin Community Colleges, I have to provide my advice and consult to all of leadership because mm -hmm. they have to know they're busy doing other things. So they depend on me to make mm -hmm. sure that I'm going to help guide them in the, um, in the most appropriate way that's mm -hmm. both strategic. And that's also going to keep us, um, out of, you know, trouble. No one wants to have to deal with litigation. So, you know, you know, with that compensation, it is my lane. It's something that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. There are times that I do not enjoy it. But um, I really do enjoy compensation because I feel like I get to do little bits and pieces of everything in HR and then also, you know, get really educate people on, you know, on what it's like in, in pay, uh, which really kind of drives them. I love all of this. And what, what's interesting about this, uh, this conversation here is how you found your lane in compensation. But yet when you decided to go into compensation... <laughs> You said it's because it's my weakest area and I need to get stronger in that. And I think that's a, that's a hard move, right? A lot of people want to stay in the lane that they know, like, I'm just going to get better in this particular area. I remember when I took my PHR, I remember compensation was my weak area and I didn't run out and just say, Hey, I need to get better at this, but I was aware of it. But for you, you are like, you know what, I'm going to get better at this. And today you've become a subject matter expert. So you've been able, and, and you're also, like you said, you have a big responsibility and that's educating your leadership team as well. I'm, I'm just curious if you could like it, go back and just uh, think, how have you been able to, how were you able to do that? Have you, how have you been able to create influence in the workplace? Because again, you said, Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to get better at this. And then today you're influencing the process uh, any tips for people out there that want to be more of an influence in their organization? I would say um, the best way that you can do is communication, mm. over communicate, mm. um, be transparent, you know, approach things um, with, with factual information. You know, my leadership, they want to see facts. Um, mm. They may not ask for them, I just had a conversation with, um, with our CEO 
and we have the facts right there waiting for him, mm. you know, um, just in case. And the best thing that you can do to influence people is to, if they're asking you to present something, you know, a, a process, something that you're going to implement, don't have just one and try and sell it on just one. Have different options mm. saying we have this option here. You know, we have this option here and here's a third one. And this are the benefits of this. This is how it benefits employees. This is how it benefits the organization. And in six months from now, a year from now, this is what you'll see. This is the anticipated result that we're going to look at if we follow this plan, if we communicate. Get, it's it's going back to, you know, to the leadership and getting their buy-in mm. without necessarily getting their buy-in. Let them know what they're going to benefit. And if you're a for a uh, for profit organization, let them know that this is strategically how we're going to move here. And this will increase our profits with this. We're going to save some money by doing this. This is going to take less time so I can spend more time doing this. Um, a good example is, is I wanted uh, an assistant that was going to help me um, help with like, you know, pay equity and all the things that we were missing after I identified that, you know, I did the SWOT analysis that we kind of uh, learned in uh, lead HR. Yep. I've known, I've done that for many years. <laughs> you had kind of had to when you're in safety, but you know, it's, you know, you do that and you find out where are those opportunities at? And mm. I'm going to present to leadership those opportunities and I'm going to give them solutions. Um, and one of the things going back to Quinn is she would always tell me, if you know, if you, in, you know, see and determine that there's a problem, don't tell me that there's a problem. Don't come to me and say, here, there's a problem because I'm going to say, okay, then what's the solution? So mm. she would always say, what's the solution? So that's why I'm saying, if you have, if you're going to be something that you're going to present, you're going to present a problem, here's a solution and here's multiple solutions and ways that we can do it and making sure that it's all, you end up being strategic without actually knowing that you're being strategic. Um, and so that's what I would actually say is just, you know, really think things through, think it not just what is good for right now, but what is that going to look like in the future and really, you know, anticipate um, what it could happen, anticipate being no, I've been told no so many times. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I'm not one to walk away from no. Um, I, I would like to say as a, as a child, I was, I grew up going like, you're not going to tell me no, cause I'm going to get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's, you know, you're going to be, you say no, it's going to be, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's no forever. It's yeah. no right now. Yeah. And it might be, you know, the time that you presented it. So go back, do it over and present it in another way. Um, you know, learn how to communicate effectively, learn, learn and watch people's movements, you know, their, mm. their body movements, their body language, um, really get to know a person. And in order to influence someone, you have to have already established that rapport. Yeah. You know, let your, let all your work, you know, talk for you, you know, be on time, you know, don't miss deadlines, um, be on time with your work, be early with your work, you know, submit, don't wait. If it's something is due tomorrow, um, I would have already submitted it last week. Hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, let that reputation and your work speak for you. And it makes so much, it may, it's so much easier to hmm. influence your leadership. It makes it easier to influence your employees, you know, be seen. I know it kind of goes into that introvert, extrovert type thing, mm -hmm. but you, you really have to put yourself out there. If you want to be that leader, if you want them to say, Hey, she's a sneak, go talk to her. Um, you know, like my, like my Tyro does right now, 
you know, I, she'll say, what did Carla say? And, you know, it's like, oh, and, and it's great, you know, and it's like, well, this is what I said. I've already copied her honor and, you know, same <laughs> for my senior manager, I've already copied and, and you mm-hmm. know, informed them, but, um, you know, it's, you know, you have to have, um, just that ability to communicate. And when someone tells, you no, don't go hiding, mm-hmm. you know, saying, okay, so, you know, next time, what, what could I have done better? You know, always ask for feedback. Yeah. So those are the, you know, the tips that I have is just, you know, you, you gotta go at it and, um, you know, don't give up. You know, that's what happens when you, when you fail, you know, fail is like, you know, first attempt in in learning Um, and you take it as that. And so just over, over my course, I mean, I used to be really shy and not really say anything and would just sit back and not say anything. And then after I leave the meeting, I would go and my mouth would be running a mile a minute (laughs) because I had all these things to say. And so now I've learned how to, you know, really Mm. just, you know, speak up. I love all of that. Speak up. I love how you talked about communicating and over communicating and, and giving options, uh, it, it, you know, benefits the employee, the organization in the, in the future. This is so good, Carla. I want to like <laughs> take that communication piece and I want to shift that over to volunteer leadership. You're currently leading uh, one of our local uh, Sherm chapters, Wilco HR in Texas Sherm. And so we're so grateful for your leadership. But one of the things that caught my attention as you began to lead was your communication. And I'm seeing it from afar. You're sending out newsletters. You are doing videos. I I would love for you to share kind of, first of all, has that helped the, do you get feedback, I guess, from the chapter? Uh, What kind of benefits have you seen from that? Because I want other people that are listening right now that are like, you know what? I need to find a different way of communicating. You know, one of the things and that... I learned last year as president-elect working with Samantha Fulford. And oh, I mean, Samantha Samantha's Fulford, amazing. isn't she amazing? She is amazing. She is amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love how she communicates as well. She is she's yeah. very, very delicate with the way that she communicates. She's yeah. very clear. She makes sense where I'm a little bit more bold. So, you know, just working with her, her and I last year, what we did is we met on a monthly basis as much as possible. And we strategized as to what we wanted to, what, what we wanted to see. And she made a full commitment that she was going to help me achieve all the things that all the ideas that I had. One of the things was like bringing back the newsletter. Um, you know, it's something that Wilco HR used to do all the, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of went away during the pandemic. And so we brought it back uh, late last year. It, it's really a continuation of all the things that her and I have put together last year. And so I set out that, you know, I wanted to make sure that we had more members because we were seeing less and less members show up yeah. to our meetings. And, you know, with that, you know, I want them back because I miss that. We are still working on a hybrid um you know, schedule right now. So we have every other meeting um, is virtual and we really want to get back to in-person, but we need people to come in order for us to, you know, make it feasible for us to, you know, be in person. So what better ways to, Hey, you know what, we're back. We're still here. We didn't go anywhere. And I, I know that we're not going to, and I love Austin Sherm and this, their ability to communicate something on a weekly basis um, we don't do that because, you know, we're, we're volunteers um, and we're all doing this ourselves. And so the only way to get that information out there and for really for us to, you know, to gain is, you know, I thought about what Austin Sherm was doing and I'm like, I need to do that communication as well. 
So let's do it, send out a quarterly newsletter. I'll send out a president's message, um, you know, and the more information that I can communicate out to um, our members, um, even our, our lapsed members, or, you know, I need to do that. I'm going to post it on my, on my LinkedIn because I know that has a different reach. Not everyone lives in Williamson County or, you know, is able to make our meetings or be a part of being a member, but we may have a program that might benefit them. So I've just, you know, decided that, okay, we'll put it on our website. We're going to do that newsletter. We're going to have every, you know, every one of our divisions actually communicate what's going on. Um, but most importantly, it is just, it's important that that communication goes out there and people know. Um, we utilize the, um, you know, SHRM to send out all the a message to the at-large members. And so I wrote a nice message to get that out there. And um, I actually was, uh, went to a, another um, like meeting. It was like the uh, Texas Women in Business meeting. Hmm. And I, it's, Someone looked at me and said, you're Carla Dykstra? And I said, yes, of course. <laughs> and she's like, where, where are you from? And I said, Wilco HR. And she's like, oh my gosh, I just got a, 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 a message from you. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, she's like, I didn't know that Wilco HR existed. And I'm going, oh my goodness. I I, I literally just wanted to, wanted to cry because mm. here I am thinking that, you know, we're not, we need to do a little bit more. So mm -hmm. since then, you know, I've reached out to so many people, um, you know, businesses with the, you know, within the Chamber of, um, of Commerce. My neighbor, she mm -hmm. is the president-elect for the um, Round Rock Chamber of Commerce. Um, and so, you know, just reaching out to different businesses, posting things, you know, within our Facebook page and like my neighborhood page saying, hey, we're here. We can help you. Do you mm -hmm. do HR? And are you an HR, you know, person of one or, you know, you're not quite sure you need resources um, Wilcom HR can offer that. So it's really, you know, stepping out of my comfort, my comfort zone. And you're thinking what, but yes, it's really stepping out of my comfort, comfort zone and just, you know, saying, Hey, we're, we're going to tell you a little bit about local HR and how we can help you. Um, we know, we understand that, you know, businesses don't always, um, will pay for your SHRM membership or for you to get that information. But, um, you know, just networking and being part of other groups. Um, I have a great board, a board that loves to, uh, half of my board is new for, uh, for this year. You know, they have a lot of connections. So I'm telling them, engage, um, engage the folks that you know, um, you know, invite them to our events. Let's get, let's get our events there. I'll attend your event and I'm there, well, um, you know, as a, a representative of Wilco HR. And so I've just done everything that I have possibly have done to um, to put us out there. And it has resulted, I, I know that we had about 17 new members since the beginning of the year. And again, it's just that communication and, and the importance of that. I love that. I love it because, you know, you're on a mission to help people. You've talked about that throughout this entire interview and 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 the and the work that you do every day and then you know leading as a volunteer leader you want to be able to help people and as a compensation leader and I love I love that and and uh, people that are part of Austin uh Austin Sherm probably love this too how they have inspired you to say hey you know what I'm going to if I if I'm not meeting as regularly they are we can still communicate and I love that. And of course, Brian Hayes, your district director, give him a shout out. I've had him on the, hey, Brian. On the 
<laughs> yeah, he's been on the podcast. He, he's super inspirational. Oh, there's just so much. I told you when we started this, the time was going to absolutely fly by. I do want to ask you one question before we shift to it's time to accelerate. And that is in the workplace or as a volunteer leader, do you ever find yourself giving advice? It's just so good that you just find yourself sharing with others often. I do. And sometimes I think I share too much. And the reason why I do that, um, you know, Bruce, it's important that I don't want to see people fail like I like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, in our world that we live in today, it is very confusing. Social media takes over everything. The news gives us bad, you know, gives us information that just makes us not want to exist as human beings, I think sometimes. But it's just one of those things where I share a lot of my experiences um, so that people realize that I have failed and that it mm. is okay to fail. It is mm. okay for you to say, I made, I made a bad decision, but I'm going to learn from this decision and I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to, I'm going to correct this. Um, you know, it's, it's just important um, right now, if we look at the future of HR and we look at the individuals who will, um, you know, soon take over and they will leave. Uh, it's a different generation. You know, everything is, is I'm going to text you. Um, and that's how we're going to communicate. And we still have to realize that we still need to be face-to-face. We need to mm-hmm. talk to each other. Mm-hmm. We can't have our heads down. So I share all of my experiences, good, bad, indifferent, um, some funny, some not. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that people understand that, you know, there's the, the world out there is huge. Um, and there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, and, but we have to, we have to face it. We can't fear it. And, you know, we have to step up to it. You know, mm-hmm. we all, we've always talked about, you know, facing your fears, right? Everyone says face mm-hmm. your fears. And it's, of course, it's a lot easier said than done. Of course. But, but the, the thing, the thing is though, is that, um, you know, our world is ever changing. And in order for us to, you know, to do that, you know, we have to share stories um, just so that people understand, um, you know, they, they have to, you know, we empathize with them. Um, and as we're sharing those stories, we hope that a person will be able to, you know, let that sink in and take that and not make the same mistakes that I have made. Cause I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, I wouldn't wish, you know, half my life on, you know, on anyone, uh, mm-hmm. not even my worst enemy, which I don't think I have that many enemies, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> or any at all. But um, it's, it's one of those things where I don't want someone to struggle when I have a way that I can help, that I can help them. Yeah. Um, you know, there's things that we cannot control, um, but there are things that, that we can control. I can control how a person learns um, and by sharing my experiences with them. So then mm-hmm. they can learn and have different perspectives. Yeah. Um, whether they want to or not, um, I do share that. So that's, you know, why I do a lot of, of mentoring um, just to give those individuals a different perspective of what it was like when I started and the journey that I have had and what it's going to be like in the future. We don't mm-hmm. know exactly what the future is going to be like, mm-hmm. but let's make sure that they are ready. Let's make sure that if for some reason, you know, all of our iPhones and Androids, uh, just, you know, something happens to them and we don't have them anymore. How can we do things manually and still survive and still sustain? Mm. 
Um, and so that's, you know, where, you know, I go about, you know, sharing, um, you know, my stories with, with other people and where I've in my journey. You're an inspiration. This has been so good. Oh, thank you. This has been so good. Hey, let me, uh, let's shift to it's time to accelerate. I'm going to ask you a few fun questions before we wrap up here. We, you right. like reading books or would you rather listen to a podcast? Books. Books. Yeah. Books all me day too. long. Books. Yeah. Highlight them, underline them. I love all that. Hey, I always talk about great leaders or grateful leaders. I can tell you're a grateful leader. What What are you most grateful for? I am grateful for the people that um, that I am surrounded by. Um, and, and it goes that line that that list is long and it's it's extensive. You know, yeah. from my Texas Sherm folks um, to the people that I met, you know, back in Washington D.C. to the people I used to work with a long time ago to all the friends that I've known since kindergarten and I'm still in contact with them, mm -hmm. you know, via Facebook. Um, you know, I am grateful just for, for every single person that has come into my life. Um, and so that is the one thing that I'm just, you know, truly grateful for because, you know, I do believe that people come to your life for a reason, season or a lifetime. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so just the folks that I've just had the opportunity to meet, um, whether it's been a minute or I've known them forever. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Hey, so um, what energizes you? Challenges. 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 It, it because yes, anything that is a challenge, it kind of motivates me. And it's just like, nope, you know, nope, nope. And that's, it, it's truly what it is. And I, all these years, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I realized it's anything that's a challenge. I'm just like, well, no, it's not a challenge. And so, you know, everything presents itself differently. Yeah. So anything that is a challenge, whether it's work, whether it's life, got to figure it out because it's going to make me a stronger person. Yep. I love that. I love that. Hey, last question. Carla, 10 years older is around the corner and she's knocking at your door and you're going to go answer that door. What's she going to tell you? It's like, girl, you're still not working out. Girl, you need to work out. <laughs> I love that 10 years older, Carla Dostra. <laughs> that is so fantastic. You are... Driving in the leadership lane. I like I like I said, I've admired you from the time I met you and I can't oh, wait to see all the things ahead for you. Hey, somebody listening, they uh heard you talk about sharing your experiences or not being afraid to fail or just some different things you talked about on the podcast. Uh is there a way for them to connect with you or, or follow you? Yes, they can actually connect with me um through LinkedIn or they can actually reach out to me at president at wilcohr.org and more than happy to, you know, have a conversation, meet up for coffee, a light lunch, follow me, um, you know, talk with me, let's chat. Um, you have questions about compensation, want me to do talks on compensation, just let me know. I'm, I'm here to help, um, help everybody. So, cause we're all in this world together and on a journey together. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. We're all on this journey together. I will put the link to Wilco HR in the show notes. So if someone wants to learn more about Wilco HR, they can certainly click that link and I'll I'll put your LinkedIn uh, link in that email as well so they can connect with you. And if you do connect with Carla, be sure and let her know you heard her on Life in the Leadership Lane and that and maybe something even that you heard her say and that will make that connection that much stronger from the beginning. So Carla, I appreciate you. I I appreciate you coming in and, and sharing this like wisdom and perspective and, and insights. And, and, and of course, I appreciate your friendship. So thank you again for, for coming on. Thank you, Bruce. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to share this. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Take care.